Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Almost five years ago, I had the pleasure of sitting down with an icon in the female impersonation, female illusionist industry. Over her 30 plus year career, she's won many national and international titles. To name a few, Miss Gay US of A, Miss World, Miss National, Miss Sweetheart International, Miss Black America, and Miss Continental. In 2016, she was honored with the LGBTQ Vision Award, and most recently, she was named the Female Identifying Grand Marshal of Pride Houston. Episode 47, now revamped to episode 83, scratching the surface of who and what you are, I present to you an interview with the icon, Miss Tommy Ross. It's a talk with Michael and the talk with Micah and friends. If you have just joined us, you've actually joined us at the best time possible tonight. Now, tonight I have finally locked down a day and a time to sit down with someone who I've admired for quite some time now, you know, from seeing her on pageant VHS, that's right, pageant VHS tapes, you know, such as Miss U.S. of A, or Gay U.S. of A, uh, Miss National, Miss Continental, and Miss Black America. And, you know, at that point in time, never knowing right before she relinquished Miss Black America in 2005 that we would actually cross paths through this very system. Um, She's been a constant figure and a role model in my life and many others, countless others. Um, I want to welcome to the show, to the talk with Mike and friends, 
the lovely, the beautiful, iconic, legendary entertainer herself, Miss Tommy Ross. Welcome to the show, Miss Ross. Thank you, Micah. I'm glad to be here. Great, great, great. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, how are you tonight? I'm highly favored. Can't complain. Can't complain. I know that's right. And it was also um, wonderful uh, seeing you uh, not too long ago in Chicago. Well, well, I would say last week in Chicago, Illinois, for Mr. and Miss Continental. We definitely had a good time. But definitely on, on the Mr. Night, we had a, a great part um, hanging out. Yes, so, um, we did. That was great. <laughs> um, but, again, I'm so glad that you're able to clear your schedule for tonight. To my listening audience out there, you will get the chance this time to chime in and ask Ms. Ross questions as well. She's open to it. Um, I'll make sure that once we get about maybe 30 minutes into the show, we're going to open up, you know, the lines for you guys to call in. And if you have any comments, questions, um, especially those that we haven't covered already, you can definitely um, ask those. Um, and then I also have some questions from some of the audience members um, who I guess will maybe – or I'll say Facebook fam, who was a little scared to come online and <laughs> ask the questions, but they inboxed me, so I said, hey, I, I'll definitely ask them. Um, and th- those were questions that I didn't actually have, so, so I'm, I'm glad at that. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, great. So let's go ahead and start at the very beginning. Um, tell our listening audience, your fans, your supporters out there, where did it all begin? You know, tell us about your childhood, your family, your upbringing, all that good stuff. Um, I'm a single uh single sibling from a mother and father. I was born in Houston, Texas in nineteen sixty. Okay. Um born and raised, educated there in Houston. Um always always had a um a close association with feminine things. Mm-hmm. Didn't really didn't really understand what all that was. So after I got a little older, you know, I realized that it was supposedly back then gay. <laughs> but now that I've but now that I've grown up and have educated myself, it was definitely transgender things that were going on. So, but I had a nice upbringing. I didn't have any gay bashings or any negativities or things like that growing up. So it was a, a peaceful nurturing, beautiful time growing up. Okay. Now, I know that um, family is very important to you. So, Tommy, uh, you know, how is your relationship with your, with your? because you said you, didn't, you were the only um, child, um, you were the only mother's yeah. child. So, so how is your relationship to date with your family back home in Houston, Texas? Unfortunately, both of my parents have deceased. Okay. Uh, and by me being the only child, you know, I, and my father only had one sister, and she passed as well. Mm-hmm. But my mother had six sisters and seven brothers, so mm-hmm. I've reconnected with a lot of my uh, kin back in Houston, and everything is wonderful. I, I mean, they've they've embraced me, they've accepted me, they come to my shows when I'm in Houston, so it's been nice. It's it's been nice. Good. And it's always good to, to have family, especially when you're growing up and you don't really know what really is going on in the inside. You don't really know who you are at that point. But to, to grow up and to be able to have family to support you and love on you, and, and I love the fact, and I love to always hear um, the transgender women out there or just entertainers, whether you're doing your drag or, or you are a trans woman, to be able to have your family come and show support um, for the person that you are now, you know, is wonderful. So right. that's great. 
That's great. Um, it's a blessing. Oh, most definitely, because a lot of people don't have that. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of people out there that don't have that, but um, it is definitely a blessing to those, um, even like myself, who do have the full support of, of family members. So um, sticking with family, um, I know if family is important, whether it be your biological family or your chosen family, and that being your, your gay family. Um, what are some of the core values that, you have, that you've instilled in your chosen family, in your 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 drag daughters and and, and sons and and gay sons and gay daughters, like what are some of the core values that that you instilled in them? The one thing that I try to tell, teach all of them is the fact of respecting others, regardless if people don't if regardless if a person doesn't respect you, don't lower yourself to that level. Everybody is God's children, whether they know it or not, and just have that respect. Continue to be an individual because you can only be the best you. Uh, always be honest. Always be fair, even if sometimes that may put you in the doghouse. Honesty is the best policy. Okay, I love that. Respecting others, being honest, being fair. Um, I love those. Those are some great core values. <laughs> I love it. So so while I'm still on, on family, um, you know, I, I did a, this is maybe about a month ago, I, I was going through my rant. My, I, I call them micro rant. So I was, I was doing it, uh-huh. I put it on my page. And one that I, I put up, but I really didn't, I didn't really um, put it on Facebook, but I put it within my page. And it was uh, about gay families and, and, and how you choose you know, people to be a part of your brand, to, to, to choose people to be a part of your family and, and all of that and how I think through the, through the times or through the years, it's kind of gotten watered down. You know, the values aren't there. People are choosing, um, you know, family members, uh, daughters and, and sons for the wrong reasons. Um, but what I've noticed is a lot of the older or the – I want to say older. I, I like to say use the word mature. A lot of the mature um, individuals within our LGBTQ community um, they have stuck to the core values of what family truly means, and they are um, really bringing their kids up the way that they should in this um, in this community. That can definitely sometimes be hard. So my question to you is: when when you've chosen your gay daughters or your sons, and I want to say gay daughters, I'll just say daughters and sons within um, you know within our in our lifestyle. Um, how 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 do you go about that? Like, how do you decipher who's going to be a part of Tommy and who's not? That's a funny question. I was just speaking with my son Marco in Chicago, who uh-huh. competed in the Mister Continental Pageant, and I've only chosen one to be my gay child, and that was Marco. Oh, All of my other children, some kind of way, spiritually, emotionally, gravitated to me, uh-huh. and we became a part. Um, Tara Allure Ross, mm-hmm. Jim, Jim Flint introduced her to me at the Miss Continental pageant when she uh, entered and, and, and basically told me, this is your daughter. And mm. instantly, instantly we hugged and have been daughter and mother ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son, Al, everybody would say, oh, he, he acts just like you. That's your child, so he became my child. <laughs> okay, so, so, so it's, it's more so. Um, it's, it's, I would say the connection that you that you have with your your daughters and your sons were, was very much organic. You know, it just kind of meshed exactly. 
and, and it was basically who you were. Great. And Marco, I actually had the fortunate opportunity. Hi, hi Marco. I'm sure he's listening out there. I had the uh, fortunate opportunity of meeting him uh, at preliminary night for Mr. Continental. Such a beautiful spirit. But it was it's so it's so uh, crazy that that was the only time that you've ever chosen was with Marco Ross. So 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 what was what was it about him that said you know hey I want him to be my child. Uh, it was his. I think it was like his third month entering a contest. He was at Mr. Texas US of A, mm-hmm. and something something just told me he needed guidance. Like mm-hmm. not in the pageant world, not in the in this whole thing, but just mm-hmm. he needed guidance and some uh, and a connection. Come mm-hmm. to figure out or come to find out, his mother had just passed mm-hmm. and was longing for that connection like that so it was just something that i felt okay it's just amazing how you know how god places people in our lives and and what exactly and what we implant in them and and also what they implant in us so um that's exactly a wonderful story so let's talk about um let's talk about the start for you in regards to female impersonation what initially intrigued you about the art form of female impersonation and just how did it all begin for you well, in actuality, feminine things have always intrigued me. Even from the time that I can, I can remember, I always knew when Miss America was coming on TV. I would sit down in front of the TV on the floor and watch it, and would pick who I was in the pageant. Okay. And or when I saw um, Diana Ross for the first time on TV. Mm-hmm. I instantly connected with her, even though my mother and my aunties was like, oh, who is this little ugly, big lips, big lips, skinny girl? And, and mm-hmm. you know, I took offense because I thought she was actually beautiful. Right. So it's not so much a female impersonating thing, but just a mm-hmm. feminine thing. Fashion shows, clothes, mm-hmm. anything that had to do with femininity, I just gravitated to. Okay. And and when did you, um, as far as like your first show, um, and how did that all come about? I have I had two best friends, uh, a cousin named Ronnie Johnson, and a best friend named Clarence Robertson. We snuck out to the cove the Sunday before we were about to uh, go to the twelfth grade. Mm-hmm. We snuck out to the cove on a Sunday night. It was show night, which we knew nothing about. And in the show was a woman named Champagne, who was a transsexual at the time, but I thought it was a real woman. Mm-hmm. Donna Day, uh, Miss D, like a lot of the old school girls. And from that instant, I was, I was just smitten with it. I was, I was, it was like a drug. I could not mm-hmm. get it out of my head, you know. Even though I had always been playing records, and lip syncing to it anyway. Mm-hmm. When I saw it actually, and people were giving them money, I was like, "Oh, well, this is this is what I am. Uh-huh. I'm a showgirl." Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, my first time ever doing a show was on a dare. We all three got together, I think, on like Halloween, and went out and did the Supremes. And oh, from wow. that, it was. It was history, and that was like 1979. Okay. 1979. Wow. So from then on, I was lost. So you said it was Halloween, and you guys um, did the Supremes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So what was your very, if you can remember, what was your very first song you did solo? Or you performed solo? My very first song was at the Copa. We we had this uh, show at the Copa, and this is where Donna Day, Hot Chocolate, um, Tasha Cole, and Naomi mm. Sims worked. Okay. They had a a um a talent night weekly and then once you won the weekly thing you would go and do the month and then at the end of the month all twelve of the months would get together and they would compete. My very first show for those first three song uh shows was like a Donna Ross I wouldn't even call it a melody. It was just somebody had spliced together me every Dataron song <laughs> that was. So I probably did a good forty or fifty songs. Oh wow. And my uh and and my stage name was even just Raw in the beginning. Oh, it was just Raw. Okay. Uh huh. Because I only did Dinah Ross numbers. Okay. It wasn't until I entered a contest that somebody told me I need a first and last name, which now I've come to realize that I did, really did. so you know, <laughs> right? But I just, I just stuck with with uh, Tommy because you know I wanted it to be a part of me. Okay. So, so um, Tommy derives from your body, your you know the name that you were born with. Yes. Okay. Okay. Lovely, lovely. And so what what's so amazing, um, I've interviewed um oh my god, I've interviewed Yasmin, I've interviewed um Cezanne, I've interviewed Jasmine, Sasha, um, Nicole and all of those in the Continental Girls, you know, Mimi and it, it seems it's it, it, it everybody starts off the same when it comes down to how they entered their first show. They walked in there, didn't know nothing about what was going on, or it was Halloween, or it was a dare. And it's so funny that a lot of a lot of you all share the same experience as, as it relates to you starting out, which is so it's, it's so phenomenal, but it's also so, like, intriguing that everybody kind of really started out the same way. Right, right. And sometimes I believe that that you have to see something Mm-hmm. To even realize how that correlates with your life, right? And but probably if I never would have saw that, I never would have realized that this was in me, right? And it, it's just like someone that grows up in a very um, sheltered, you know, very sheltered childhood, having conflicting feelings about who they are, and it's not until you know they move outside of their comfort zone, or they move out of state, or they go to college that they figure out, oh, there's other people liking me, or, oh, this is who I am. This is really what it's all about, you know? Right. It's so funny that uh, you would say that, Michael, because <laughs> from the time I was potty trained until my mother sent me to the Boy Scouts, I actually thought I was a girl because all of my cousins were girls. I used to get whoopings when I was being potty trained because I never stood up. I always okay. sat down on the little potty mm-hmm. with my legs crossed. It wasn't until I went to the Boy Scouts that I realized that I was different mm. than what they were, and I was being associated with the wrong thing. Right. But not being able to adequately explain that and say things, that's the time I say I, I connected with the thing of being gay. Right. Which in actuality, now I realize that it wasn't. I was just it wasn't. mislabeled. Right. right. And, and and I and I love how they have you know the I am jazz you know um, and she's been she jazz has been been out 
um, in the forefront for a while. But, you know, I, I love how now, you know, people that are having those, you know, those thoughts or those feelings are now are able to um, see someone or connect with someone like them um, versus, you know, in the, the, the 70s and the 80s, you know, when it was very much taboo and you were still trying to, you know, people were still trying to find their way and figure out what it was. So, um, I'm, you know, I always exactly to those, to those shows. Um, so when did you, because you said you always associated with, um, you know, feminine things and, and, and you always pretty much knew, hey, I, you know, I'm a girl. Um, when did you actually start, like, just basically living your authentic self as as Tommy the female? Um, of course, I went through that, that period of, of kind of being ashamed because I was still mm-hmm. associating myself with being gay but extremely feminine. Mm-hmm. So I went through this whole androgynous mm-hmm. warm-up under its phase. It wasn't until, and this is going to be so funny, it wasn't until I went to Continental for mm-hmm. the, the time that I won, which was in 99, uh-huh. I went to Continental androgynous, and came back from Chicago, living my life as a woman, and I've been wow. doing it ever since. So yeah. it wasn't, so it wasn't until '99. Yeah, because I was just dressing up, doing because shows were my gig. So wow. I dressed up to go and do my shows, but in my day life, I was just androgynous. That's an interesting fact. I would have never known that. And I'm sure my my <laughs> my listeners out there, your fans, your supporters are like, are you serious? Because, you know, you, you just think that, you know, 99 was not that long ago, you know, but you are, exactly. you are, you are a beautiful woman, and, you know, and, and, and I'm just like, I just can't. Because I, I, I went earlier today, I was on YouTube, and um, I went and watched uh, 99. Um, they have it online or whatever, so I, I watched it or whatever, and I'm just like, wow. I mean, I would have never thought you look. You know, you just you look. You look like you fit. You was you. You look like you were the one. Right. That, 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 that's now, 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 now. Prior to that, I was secretly taking hormones, but I wasn't living as a woman. Right, right, right. You were still in that under. Yeah. Phase. Okay. okay. Right. So so te- so tell us, uh, Tommy, what do you like to do um, aside from the the entertainment and traveling and all that great stuff? What do you like to do in your spare time? Um, if I'm not hibernating in the bed, um, <laughs> I like to go to movies. Um, I enjoy learning stuff about new things. I'm really into this uh, election thing. Mm. I'm um I I really enjoy evolving spiritually. Okay. And being able to adapt to different religions per se, opposed to be a product of just one. Of just one. So and I like to have my big powwows with my sisters like Sophia and Randy and Dicky, you know, we like to get together and talk about <laughs> things and debate and stuff. So I like to debate a lot. And I'm and I'm sure uh, with all of them, that is definitely a heavy debate. I would love to be in the room, especially with Sophia. I know, right? <laughs> especially. Okay, so so aside from hibernate, hibernating, you love to, you're open to new things. You know, um, you love your your sit down sessions or your debates with 
with your close friends and evolving spiritually. I love that. Let's let's go back and talk about since you brought it up. Let's let's talk about the presidential election really quickly, and then we'll um, uh, go back down into patentry and and all of those things. Um, as okay. You know, you know, we do have another presidential election coming up very soon, and we have a big Republican debate. Um, I believe it's going to be happening on tomorrow evening. So it's tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. So so tell me, because I know you've been following the race for the White House. You know, what's your what's your honest opinion? on Donald Trump, and what's your honest opinion on Hillary Clinton, and do you think either of them are fit to be our next president? Okay. And I'm sure, and this is my opinion. Okay. Yeah, you know, your this, opinion. <laughs> my opinion. I believe the reason why uh, self-absorbed, egotistical, male chauvinist Donald Trump is getting so much attention is because he's saying things about the establishment that people want to hear. People mm-hmm. people are, are tired of politics in general. People will say anything to get into the White House, and once they get there, it's a totally different story. I think people are also liking him because he has his own money, so therefore he doesn't have to get in bed with these corporations and then owe them favors. Gotcha. Do I think he will make a good president? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. <laughs> because because he does not have the decorum to go and talk to other leaders of other countries, they mm-hmm. would be bombing us probably in the first week. Right. Everybody, all those other foreign countries would, would probably all unite together and just say, wipe them off the map because mm-hmm. he's just too brass. Right. Okay. I, lo- I, love as, I love your outlook. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. And as far as Hillary, <laughs> I remember how the debates were when Hillary, when Senator Hillary Clinton was going against President Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. To me, Hillary Clinton showed her true colors when she debated against him. She was also caught in lies when she debated against him. And I just feel this whole entitlement thing with her that I don't particularly like. I don't. Okay. I don't think that she's 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 trustworthy. Okay. And this whole Benghazi thing and the email. Who does that? Right. Who, who does that? Well, you know, I mean, that's that's like elementary. Who does that? Who goes and erases thirty? Thousand emails, unless you're trying to hide something. Yeah, unless you're trying to hide something. That's right. So the man I'm voting for, and I'm putting it out there right now, (laughs) is Bernie Sanders. It's Bernie Sanders. Do your homework on him, research him, because he's just not a bunch of talk. Look at his history. Look at the votes and the bills that he's been on the side of, opposed to just talking. Okay, so Bernie Sanders, I'll definitely look into him. Um, Yeah. So, so Hillary, you 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 don't think she'll make a decision? Either. No, no, and and then I think everybody associates Hillary Clinton because of Bill Clinton. Because. We all love Bill Clinton, but she's not Bill. She was his wife. Right. So, so what do you what do you what is your advice to those that are listening? That because I I really like after you know I would say I, I would say once um, President. Obama was sworn into office for the second term, you know, I immediately felt like, oh, my God, what is going to happen 
for the next election? Where are we going to be as a country with whoever the next president is? And if no one really, my outlook is if no one really ever paid attention to politics or to who their leaders are and what, what they believe in and what they're trying to do for our country, now is really the time because if we get someone in there that is totally a bunch of bull, then exactly we 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 are in it. We, we're we're in it for the long haul, and we are, like you said. I mean, the countries can just come come unite as one, and then really go against us, and then we really don't have anything to do. So, what what would be your advice to those that have not really so much paid a, uh, paid close attention to the elections? Um, what what would be your advice to them at this point? My advice to my peers who uh, aren't billionaires and millionaires, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's no way somebody gay, transgender, poor, struggling, needing assistance needs to ever vote for a Republican. So if Hillary Clinton is our candidate, most definitely I'm going to vote for her. Because that whole Democratic thing is geared to help the common people, and right. that's what I call President Obama. He's the pre- he's the people's president. Right, and I definitely I definitely believe that. Okay, thank you. So um, now we're gonna move <laughs> we're gonna move from politics because uh, that was a great. I'm sure Cameron, you know, once he hears this, he's gonna be really because you know he's all into politics and loves it. Um, so, <laughs> right, right. But but thank you so much. So let's go. Let's go back to to you. Um, over the years, you know, you've been known for sending out mass inspirational texts to individuals, you know, across the country that you come in contact with along your life's journey. Um, what inspired you to make a conscious effort to encourage and continue and continuously, excuse me, uplift others on a daily basis? Um, when I had my car wreck, July tenth of two thousand, in the midst of my reign as Miss Continental. Mm-hmm. You know, I was broken up from the neck down and, you know, how they keep you on all of the morphine and stuff. Mm-hmm. So subconsciously, I believe I had like an out-of-body experience and connected with the higher power and stuff. And I actually came out of the hospital a different person. I mean, I could out, July 9th, I could out curse a sailor. I can wow. curse a sailor. If anyone knows me, I have not cursed since I came from the hospital, and that's mm. been over 15 years. I, I stopped cursing. I praised him for my life. I praised him for knowing that what I did for a living. So he broke me from the neck down, but I didn't have a scratch on my face. Mm. So I knew he had a purpose for me staying here and all this time I often wondered why was my career why did it expand so much mm-hmm. and I realized at that point it wasn't about me being a female impersonator nationally known it was about me being plateaued to a position where people would respect me and would listen and now mm-hmm. that I have people's ear I want to share what I know Lovely. Okay, I love that. And and to to all of those um out there um that you know we want to touch on this, but I'm glad that you did. Um, in regards to your your continental um give up, I believe. Well, uh, I watched your give up in I think it was 2001. So 
and you had 199. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking like, at that point, I didn't know, you know, um, until, you know, one of my uh, family, day family members who, who gave me the, the, the VHS or whatever it was, um, I was like, well, why is she sitting down? You know, as you were giving up the crown. You know? Right. Why is she giving up the crown right. sitting down? You know, and then they told me, you know, she was in a bad car accident and, and all of that. And she I was, was in a wheelchair, and, right. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't even, I couldn't even, if you notice on the video, I would even take my right hand and move it in my lap and stuff because I couldn't even move my uh, right. my left arm, I mean, my right arm and stuff. Wow. So, so those so, so those out there that, you know, were wondering or thinking that, you know, that's what it was, but so they so very grateful to God for, um, you know, allowing you to be on this earth or stay on this earth um, because your your time was not, it wasn't it wasn't your time. And, and the great thing that I like about stories like that, anyone, doesn't have to be within our community, just period, that, you know, when you have those life-changing or life-altering experiences in life, that you are able to, you know, get yourself or grab yourself up by the bootstraps and then change for the better, and not only change for the better for you, but change for the better for others as well and be an inspiration. So I greatly I thank you for that, for just being an inspiration and knowing the story behind, you know, who you are today. Thank you, thank you. And that's why whenever I'm asked, no matter how many times it is a day, mm-hmm. how am I doing, the yeah. only thing that comes out of my mouth is I'm blessed and highly favored. That's the only are. thing that will ever come out of my mouth. There you are. So let's talk about um, winning Gay USA almost 30 years ago. Um, yes, 1988. 1988. Let's t- t- talk to us um, about your preparation going to nationals, you know, who who supported you or how, how did you even um, get the the courage or, or the strength to say, hey, I want to go compete for uh, Gay USA? And then tell us about the experience. Well, my uh, first time entering Miss Gay US of A was in Houston in 1985 at that same club at the Copa, Mm -hmm. and I got sucker runner up that night. And um, when they called me out for sucker runner up, the whole room booed. So it just really, like, touched me to say, like, these aren't just my friends. Mm -hmm. These are people who enjoy what I do. So it it motivated me to want to go and capture that even. And I've always been a competitor, but not really in, in pageants. So that's, that's kind of what led me that way. I then went back again the next year, which was in Columbia, South Carolina, did the same talent because the first year I did it, I wore these heels that I couldn't dance in. So I knew that that was an issue. Mm-hmm. The second year, in South Carolina, uh, went one of my friends who's deceased now had got all of us plane tickets. <laughs> you know, this was <laughs> back before we knew what was going on. Right, right. They pulled they they pulled us off the plane in Atlanta. The police pulled us off oh, the plane wow. off the plane in Atlanta, and it was about like fifteen of us all mm-hmm. took us to a room and were threatening to throw everybody in jail. And my mm-hmm. friend spoke up and said he was the one who who did. Blase this and blase that. Donna Day wired me the money, and we all caught the train to Columbia, South Carolina. So for me to get second runner-up in in Columbia, I thought I had won after being through all of that stuff. And then my final year going, which was 1988, I was just 
motivated and determined and did the same challenge three years in a row, but each time I perfected it in the way that I thought it should be. And by that third time, I finally got it right. Wow. So so you competed three times in 85, 86, 88, and in 85 and 86, you were second runner-up both years. 86, 86, 87, 88. Right. Okay. I was okay. second runner-up twice, and then my third time I won. Okay, you won. Okay, so. And in Columbia and in Indianapolis, uh-huh. you know, that's a big Bible belt. Uh-huh. So they knew that this national gay pageant was going. Uh-huh. So outside, there was like thousands of picketers. It made uh-huh. the world news. When uh-huh. I got back home to Houston, I had friends telling me, you were on the news. We saw you on the national news saying that Tommy Ross had just won this gay USA. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of scary, though, because they were out there in droves. Oh, wow. All night long. All night long. And that's how Tina DeVore ended up singing I Did It My Way. The first night she sung it, it was at the prelims which mm-hmm. was at a club. The second night she sung it, if you listen to the song, she says in a part of it, I walked through picketers this evening to get where I am. So it was like... What place did she play as well that year? Yeah, she was, she was in the top five. Top five, okay. Yeah. It and, was and... Rita, Tina, mm-hmm. Chelsea, and wow. um, Edwards. Uh, Natasha Edwards. Natasha Edwards. Those oh, were wow. mine. Uh huh. And and a little history. In 1985, when you competed, it was still considered Miss Gay USA. Is that correct? Right. 85 okay. and 86. And it was Miss Gay USA. It was. And wait, even even when I won, it was Miss Gay USA. Okay. I won as Miss Gay USA. It wasn't until years later that once again Donald Trump <laughs> was threatening <laughs> to sue right. was threatening to sue Jay Bird. So that's why he had to change it to Miss Gay US of A. Gay US of A. Hmm. A little history lesson for all you out there. Okay. <laughs> um what do you and it is uh, I love how you know, you, you name um some of those individuals like Rita and, and Chelsea and Tina and Natasha you know, out there that are, that are still, you know, still with us, you know, and, you know, competed back. back Except then. for Natasha Edwards. Natasha Edwards, right. She passed. Natasha Edwards. Yeah. Um, so so it, it's, it's good to, you know, hear those names and, and, and those ladies still, you know, being a driving force in the community. What, what do you miss about pageantry in the late 80s, early to mid-90s that you feel is missing today? What, what, do you, what, what do you miss and what do you think is missing today? The one thing I miss the most about it, Micah, and I always tell people is the originality. Mm. Because back then, we didn't have videos and uh, uh, music videos to, like, copy things out of from. So basically what a true entertainer had to do was bring to life her vision of what that song meant. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, you know, a girl can watch a video and copy it, and it's a hit. It's a hit. Mhm. So, so originality is, is what you feel is what is what you felt is missing in today's pageantry community or, or what have you, right? I do. I do. I think that's the biggest part that's 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 missing is the origin 
originality and the creativity of it all. Because it's because it's easy to be inspired by something and take it to another level, but it's harder to have that concept originate in your mind. Right. And and, and, and it was it's so funny that you say in, in regards to originality and creativity because me and um a pageant owner were talking about um, you know, or being original and being creative earlier. It's probably about ten o'clock this morning we were just talking about it and you know, I've told people for many for the last few years, you know, I'm really not I don't really get gung ho about pageantry anymore. I love it. Don't get me wrong, I love it. But there um I don't go to as many pageants anymore. There's only select few that I go to now because um, I love the fashion. That's great. Gowns, sportswear, you know, all that stuff is great. But what my favorite, one of my favorite categories is talent. And I love right. to see the creativity. I love to see the originality, originality and, you know, how people put things together. And so there's pageants like EOY and, and Continental and US of A um, that you can see a lot of that originality. And, and you, you see more, you see more, 90% of it you see more people being just creative and, and, and original with their things. And I think even from a judge's perspective, you're, you get more in tune to the talent. You get more in tune to the contestant. And even the, the crowd gets more um, supportive behind the contestant because they are being original. They are being creative. And, and that's just something that um, I feel that we are lacking. And the contestants, you know, not trying to put them in a corner, but, you know, it, it, pays to re- it really pays to be original. It really pays to be creative and, and think with your own mind or, or come up with a team to do those things and not necessarily rest on, as you said, videos and, and other carbon copies of, of things that you've already seen. Right, right. I agree um, totally. What is, what is a legend in the art form of freedom, female impersonation? To you, what is a legend and what truly defines a legendary act? Um. Well, a legend, a legend can be good or bad. I mm. think a legend just means longevity. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a good thing, but if someone who has lasted a long time and makes it through the years and they become legendary. Mm. Okay. I like that. And I love the fact that you pointed out, legend can be good or bad. You are right about that. <laughs> right. You're right about that. So, so when, um, so when people uh, refer to you as the legendary Tommy Ross, how do you feel about that? At first, I had a hard time really grasping onto it because mm-hmm. I, I, I never considered myself a legend. But mm-hmm. then after I thought about it, I was, well, you have been around, around a long time, girl, so you might as well go ahead on and take and that. So right. I'm okay with it now. So so what do you um, – okay, so let's move from legend. Let's talk about being iconic. Because, you, you know, like one thing, I've always followed the, the ballroom community um, as well, more so pageantry, but I follow the ballroom community, and I, I see how um, there's been, you know, this riff about – um, icons and, you know, of course, legends. Everybody's legendary now, but icons and how I remember, what, 15 years ago, knowing it starting to come up in ballroom and know about ballroom, to be an icon, there were only, I believe, like 15 years ago, there were only maybe about five or six that were considered icons. And now, 15 years later, there's so many. Um, so what do you think about as far as being an icon 
in the um, in the the drag or female impersonation community or pageant community, what 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 deems you an icon in the art? I also think too, Micah, it's just like national pageant. Everything mm-hmm. now is a national pageant, so I think it just comes from a a group or a community that they have their own definition. Mm. And those old own definitions can mean different things to different people at right. different times. But okay. if you look up what the definitions are, then I think you would start to like limit those titles that we give people. Right. Dinah mm-hmm. Ross to me is iconic. Mm. She is. For being around as long as she has been for being at the top of her game as long as she has been, and for still being relevant. That's iconic. Barbara Streisand, Patti LaBelle. Barbara, so, Patti, and, right, and, and, and Barbara, Diana, yeah. Uh, Elton John. <laughs> El- right, yeah, Elton John. Kind of, yeah, and I, 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 I like to say, you know, when it comes to iconic and, and all of that, those people are movers and shakers. Those are, those are people that have not only lasted um, many years, but they've contributed to the community. They've contributed to the world. Um, they've done something positive um, in their lives, and that has transcended, you know, uh, beyond right. measures, you know. Um, and so when you want to, when, when people refer to any entertainer as being an icon or a legend, you know, like you said, they can be good or bad, but I always affiliate that terminology or that phrase with someone of high regard that has stood the test of time, that has basically made an impression on our community and someone that we're going to always revere and someone that we're always going to, to look at um, or hold in high, high esteem even as, you know, as, as they go on, you know. So to, to me, that's what a legend is. That's what an icon is. And, you know, honestly, that to me, my opinion, that's what you are. So we're gonna move. Oh, on. well, thank you, thank you very much, thank you very much. And 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 uh, and a side note: every mm-hmm. girl who wears a train in a pageant got that from Diana Ross. Mm. Okay, every girl that wears a train in the pageant got that from Diana Ross. You heard it here. She was you the one who was wearing those who was wearing those tra- trains and stuff and and those coats. Okay. What we're going to do now, we're going to just take a quick break, and I see someone has a question. So I'm going to get to you, whoever you are, area code 386. I'm going to get to you in just a second. I'm going to play our Grand Gorgeous and Gag segment. It's about maybe 47 seconds. When we come back, I'll allow um, area code 386 to ask their question, and then and then we'll go forward with the interview. Hold for me, please. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Grand Gorgeous and Gag. This is Joelle Canales with your beauty tip of the day. This goes out to all the gentlemen out there. It is important to exfoliate your skin two to three times a week. You can use a mild soap or a cleansing brush. By doing this, you will remove the dead skin, minimize the size of your pores, and remove any dark spots on the skin resulting from sun damage, acne scars, or even age spots. It will even minimize fine lines and wrinkles. Your skin will look years younger. I guarantee it. Thanks again for joining us for another segment of Grand, Gorgeous, and Gag. This is Joelle Canales. Until next time. 
Thank you so very much, Joel Canales of Los Angeles, California, with our Grand Gorgeous Gag segment. Now, 386, you hung up. You just dropped the line, so maybe you got scared. So I'm going to give the opportunity right before I start, before I move on. If you have a question or comment for the lovely Miss Tommy Ross, go ahead and press 1 on your phone right now. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds or so. Press 1 right now if you have a question, comment, or anything for the lovely Miss Tommy Ross. And if not, we're going to go forward with the interview. Okay, someone has a question. Let me go ahead and bring them on the line. Hold on. All right, area code 949, last four digits, 0427. You are now on the line with the top of Mike and Friends and the lovely, legendary, iconic Tommy Ross. Um, what's your question, comment, and also give us your name? My name is Shaysha Lariz. Hi, Tommy Ross. Hi, Micah. Hi. <laughs> hey, Shaysha. <laughs> I had to, you know, I was watching a movie called The Age of uh, a Boogie from Red Boss, and it's almost at the end. But I knew this interview was going, and I just had to listen to what was being talked about. Um, my question is, since Tommy, as I love, I've always wanted to listen to Tommy do interviews because they say her interview is really unbelievable, and I, I could see why because of the amount of experience that she has. But, Tommy, for someone in your career and, you know, like you're an iconic uh, entertainer to all, all of us, I agree what you said when they call you legendary. How do you feel? Because at times people tell me, you're legendary. I'm like, I don't like being called old. But I can understand what you're saying. But for you, Tommy, I learned from you. I've been around. I met you in 1992 when Candy Andrews won, Mr. F.A. And I was just a little boy in someone's talent numbered. And Jessica Jackson, my drag mother, I was a teacup in them. And the Beauty and the Beast, and she happened to be in Mahoney's crew, but she didn't make it that year. But I watched everybody grow. I watched, that was the beginning step of me even going to a national pageant. For someone in your era, what do you foresee yourself the future of your future is? Because um, I'll I'm, get there I'm, one I'm time, slowly... and I'm going to be able to prepare myself. I'm sorry, guys. I'm slowly gravitating to wanting to be a coach. I'm, I'm wanting to uh, start classes and seminars and things to teach, well, not teach girls, but to enhance girls how to be their true, authentic selves when it comes to pageantry and just even life. I've been doing that kind of like on a a one-on-one basis, and I really enjoy it. So that's what I'm, I see myself doing in the future. Yeah, the reason I ask is because I've been doing this for over 25 years, and I get to I, – I see myself at a point where, you know, there is – I've achieved a lot of great things in my life, and I always say there's other things there available, but when those dreams and those desires are gone, you know – There'll be a time for me to retire because I'd like to retire at a good end. I always wonder what, how about go, how do I go about doing that? And when that at that time comes, you know. So I just always look up to people that have been around the business for so long and that are still alive. And so you're one of the one of the ones that I met years ago in 1992 that's still relevant and still performing and doing all of that. So, you know, like my friend Violet, then she died. 
she taught me a lot about how to prepare myself for at that time when she was 86, that her friends are better than family. So I always have to put myself in a situation as far as my drag career, when that time comes, how, what do I do, you know, to prepare to, like you said, inspire other people or, so that was my question. <laughs> Great okay. interview. I listened well, to, that, I listened to. Thank you so much, Shay Shay. Um, definitely appreciate it. Thank, so thank you, Shay Shay. Thank you. I mean, I'll see you soon, so okay? Much. Thank you, Micah. Love you. You're welcome. Love you too. Bye-bye. All right. Um, thank you, Shay Shay. I'm, um, I'm going to take a, another question. Is that okay, Tommy? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's bring, let's bring, okay, 404. Okay, okay, 404 has just hung up. They got scared. Okay. So area code 832, last four of your phone numbers, 8481. Okay, I'm going to That's say Houston. Again. Yes, Houston, yes. Area code 8, I wonder if it's Randy. <laughs> okay, area code 832, last four is 8481. I'm about to bring you on. Hold on. Okay, you are live with the talk with Mike and friends and the lovely and legendary iconic Tommy Ross. Can I have your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment, please? Hello, eight three two eight four eight one. Okay, well they don't they, they went out, they went out on me. Let's see. Let's bring on uh area code two eight one. Two eight one, I'm about to bring you on, so this is your time to drop before I open the line. Okay, area code two eight one, I'm coming to you now. Okay, area code two eight one, last four is five six two zero. You're on the line with Micah and the legendary iconic Tommy Ross. Can I have your name and where you're calling from and your question or comment? Hi, this is Nathan Maxi calling from Houston, Texas. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Tommy. I just want to ask Tommy. How are you? Um, I'm doing great. Um, I just want to know who in this day and age, who do you look up to and who's the new upcoming diva? Who do you enjoy watching perform and do this? female impersonation? Mm, good question. Uh, well, who who do I look up to? It's, 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 only, it's only one person that I look up to, and I can't, I can't see him, <laughs> but who I, who, who I enjoy are yeah. uh, the young girls like um, the young girls who don't really have a lot of uh, investors and a lot of a lot of sponsors, but but who are still able to 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 strive and pinch and save to get what they want, and then go and showcase what talent they have. Like those, you know, like those are the ones that I really look up to. Drama-free individuals. Drama-free. Can you name anyone? No, no diva mentalities. Um, my granddaughter, um, who was just in the Texas. Okay. Miss Paris, the name. What's the name? Right, hey, Paris. Right. Hey, Paris. Roxy Ross. Uh, Roxy Ross. 
people like but but still some like kind of some old school girls like like Portia who's doing her thing and has made her name and has put it out there and people know who she is. Um, Chevelle, you know, who was my baby sister, but now she's just my sister. Uh, and a whole lot of these girls, I don't even know their names because they don't have simple names like we did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So, Nathan, did I answer your question? Oh. Yes, I did. Thank you. And I'm sure they are honored to oh. hear that you. I'm sure they're honored to hear that you. You know, that means a lot to hear them. So you enjoy watching them perform. And I'm sure that means a lot to them. Thank you. Right. Well, thank Hope you your ankle me. feels better, Nathan. <laughs> okay, thank you. Nathan broke his ankle. Oh, oh yeah, Nathan. We hope your ankle um, gets better soon, quickly, actually. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you so much for supporting the show tonight. Really appreciate that. Okay, so we're going to go back. We, as we say in church, a little higher in the program. Um, thank you to Shay Shay. Okay. Thank you to Nathan. Um, but Shay Shay brought up a good point, and I wanna I wanna ask you this question, and and it could be some advice to to some of the the up and coming and and the girls that look up to you and aspire to be someone um, of your stature. You know, I've always said um, I've always said this to myself. You know that there aren't many people who are able to just live their lives as entertainers, showgirls, or what have you. So ladies like yourself, uh, Whitney Page, rest in peace. You know, Chevelle Brooks, uh, Dana Douglas, and more recently. Um, Sasha Kobe, you know, um, those ladies as well as yourself, you know, are able to get booked on a weekly basis in different cities and states, you know, just based off of who you are and what you bring to the stage and without even being a reigning title holder. So I want you to tell us first, how have you remained relevant in this entertainment industry 30 years? And, and what advice would you give to those wanting to be able to make a substantial amount of income doing what they love, which is female impersonation? I think, uh, first and foremost, look like a diva, but don't act like a diva. Mm, like look like a diva, but don't act like a diva. If you go to a club and the uh, accommodations aren't nice or, or whatever, it's not the club's fault that, that, that they aren't as on a high scale as some other clubs, but if they took the initiative to fly you in and book you, be grateful. Mm-hmm. Be grateful. Don't make uh, demands on people. Um, always have time for that person in the audience who might want to talk and tell their whole life story. You never know just what that could possibly do for a person. A prime example, I just met a I just met a girl at US of A this past May. She said that uh I was on a booking somewhere like in Nashville or somewhere. She took me back to my hotel and she was talking about getting into hormones and having like a lot of body work and stuff done. And mm-hmm. I basically told her to like take her time, don't rush and do her research about everything. Lo and behold, I saw her at USA. She said, I want to show you something. She raises up her sleeve 
and has tattooed on her arm, take your time, don't rush, T.R. Mm. So that means that, that those words that I told her resonated in her enough to follow that because she's beautiful. Wow. I thought she was a lady. So mm. you just you just never know whose life you can touch with just being kind and being open. Right. And, um, well, I, I, I'll recap. You said, look, you know, for everyone out there, look like a diva, but don't act like a diva. That's exactly, that's a, that's exactly. A lovely phrase. I love that. You know, I'm going to use that sometime this week. <laughs> look like a diva, don't act like a diva. You know, don't make all right. these demands. You know, that's a great one. Don't give, don't make all these demands, especially to those those people out there that have, you know, paid your, you know, your booking, that have put you up in these club, I mean, these these hotels and 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 you know all that good stuff. So you know, don't give don't give too many demands. Be grateful for the opportunity and always give time to your supporters because you just never know right. how much you may impact or you know be influential in their lives just by you know talking to them and. And, and you know, just hanging out for a little bit. So, so I love that. And one thing that I, I, I know what I say, Michael, oh, Michael, and mm-hmm. one more extremely important thing: we are only as good as what the people think. So I don't care if you can, I don't care if you can uh, walk on a tightrope. If the people aren't buying it, that makes you virtually nothing. Right. But for the ones that the people like, that's who they elevate. Mm-hmm. So so don't ever think that it's, like, all about you. It's that someone is appreciating you and what you do. Right. And and, and I one thing that I was telling um, uh, one of my nephews and, and actually also one of my kids is that it's always good to have a good rapport um, with you know, let's say let's say you're, and this is something that I, you know, sometimes I'll sit down when you, especially like when you guys would have like a Black America. You know how we'll sit down, watch pageants, and we'll talk and all these different things. Right. Over the years, you know, I would sit and listen. And one thing that I've learned, and I'm not an entertainer, but I am one who's been engulfed in pageants for for the last 15 years, and has afforded me the opportunity to be where I am today. Thank you know, thank God. But you know, one thing that I've learned just by hearing the elders and, and the more mature people um, that's been in the industry is that. You know, don't always look for the big bucks right then and there. You know, whether you're a national title holder or not, it's always good to, you know, let's say you're in your, let's say you are entertaining. People do know who you are. Let's say you're traveling um, on vacation or just you're, you're traveling to a city for the weekend and you, hey, you want to perform, you want to get your name out there, go to the club, contact the club before you get there. Um, maybe weeks or so in advance, say, hey, can I get a spot on your show? You know, not looking for anything but tips. But when you get there, you have a good showing, you're, you know, you're showing your fans love and you're doing all these great things and you're being respectful to the owners to where now they'll end up calling you back and saying, hey, such and such, we enjoyed you. We, we want to put you on the show. We have a spot. We want to fly you in. And those are the things that people, you know, your first impressions are, are really your lasting impressions. You know, so when you, when, so you have a, when you have that good rapport with the people and, and you make the initial, because a lot of times people are they're not booking on your name anymore. So a lot of the times it's just good for you to go out and, you know, just, just just try to get yourself or market yourself. Cause it's all about marketing and branding now. You know, that's that's where the world is going. So go out and market yourself, brand yourself, 
get a good rapport with these club owners and promoters and all of that, and then, hey, you do your part, you know, it'll come back to you tenfold. So that's something that I love. But I, I love all of what you said, you know, and, and I believe all of those things will afford you the opportunity to live um, the lifestyle that you would so want to live. And all while, do, all while doing that, you're doing what you love, and that's entertaining. So, so I love that. So let me go back to um, – uh, title holders, I, I want your, your your opinion. You know, should title holders be held to a higher standard, an example, i.e. social media? And do you think, in your honest opinion nowadays, a person's social media presence, good or bad, plays a big part in whether the system crowns an individual or not? Okay, for the first answer, uh-huh. um, that would uh, just like be if, you're going for a corporate job. Mm-hmm. The way that you act, the way that you brand yourself, the way that you function is representation of the corporation. Right. So, therefore, if if that's in question, it makes your job in question. So I think by all means, a title holder should be held to a high standard because what national title system is going to want a representative that has baggage. Now, we all have baggage, mm-hmm. but it, it, it comes a time when we need to unpack that, though, mm-hmm. okay. and go fresh and clean and, and honest and fair. So, yes. And social media, I believe, definitely can make or break someone because just because it's not said, just because it's not written, people mm-hmm. look. People yeah, yeah. look, people screen people screenshot, people send it to this person, that person, this person could possibly be a judge, this person could possibly be a national uh pageant owner. And why would they want representation of someone who gets on social media negative attention? Right. You know, I, I always say be so be social media responsible. Um, and it's not even exactly. it's, not, it's not even about you know I won't even take it to the length of just being a title holder. Now it's just of being a, who who you are and what you aspire to be in life. And you know, as I say, you reap what you sow. But good things come come to the the people that do good things. So it's like like when you said about baggage, you know, everyone has baggage. Yes, that's that's true. You know, and I want to say to that. Also, we don't have to know your baggage. You may have a ton of exactly, baggage, but it's exactly. It, but, but remember, you put your baggage out there. You know, so right. that that's that's something to to, to think about as well. Um, someone asked from Facebook, um, of all the titles that you won, Tommy, what title do you like the most, and you have the most respect for, and why? <laughs> or explain your answer, please. <laughs> Okay, uh, I have three. Okay. My first would be Miss U.S. of A., Miss Gay U.S. of A., because quite naturally it was my first pageant. It was the pageant that thrust me into the country and afforded me all the travels that, that I'm still being booked on on today because of me winning Miss USA in 1988. It taught me how to how to uh, make bookings and set up times and all that stuff. So it, it it really educated me in the business form. 
okay. of the community. My second would by uh, just the just the word itself is continental. Okay. To me, to me, continental exudes femininity, even though you don't have to be per se a uh, trans girl to win, but just the persona and everything that's associated with it is so glamorous and high-scaled, and I love that. And the third one would have to be Black America, because when I was coming up in Houston, we didn't have like, oh, I knew nothing of black pageants and black things, so I had to compete with everybody else. Right. It wasn't. It it wasn't until Randy Matthews asked me to come to judge black black universe that mm-hmm. I realized that it was a whole nother realm out there for my people. Right. And then after sitting down and talking with owners, I understood why, because I was often asked by uh, people, well, why do you have to have black pageants? So I tried to logistically explain it to them, you know, whether it was taken or not. But black America, to me, allowed me, because sometimes I was referred to as a sellout because I never did black pageants. Mm-hmm. Black America afforded me the opportunity to show them not only am I going to come and do your pageant, but I'm going to come and do your pageant with two nights of different pageantry that I will go and set on Miss U.S. of A. stage or Miss Continental stage. So mm-hmm. I'm showing you the same amount of respect that I'm showing everybody else. All right. Love it. USA Continental and Black America. USA, you know, they basically taught you the business. You know, Continental, the glamour and the grace, and Black America, just the respect and, and, and getting into that untapped of what you what you didn't know about at the time, you know, was an untapped arena for you, but, you know, being able to, to touch touch that and, and give respect as well as, as um, get it back. So I, I love that, USA Continental and America. So where does your inspiration and creativity come from when you're preparing for passion? Uh, first of all, I have to love the song. Uh, my my uh, inspiration when I did USA was I wanted to be very true to my uh, to my history <laughs> and to my background, so mm-hmm. I so I took it as far as I could in a in a African <laughs> sense. Uh, my inspiration for Continental was it was a more spiritual thing, so that's why I picked the song "He Lives in You," and Black America was my uh, wanted to be grand. Okay. <laughs> and, just, and just come down some white uh, staircases. Even though on the first night, though, I did a uh, history piece which talked about slavery okay. and 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 the lynchings and stuff. So I tried to make a little poignant statement there as well. Mm-hmm. But all of my things, I try to like it, it have some kind of piece of me in it. Okay. And I'm not going to hold you too much longer. I do have uh, just a few more other questions for you, and I definitely love the interview. And people are inboxing me, texting me, and, and saying that they love it. So I'm so 
I'm glad, uh, glad that everyone's um, loving. I'm um, so honored to have you tonight. So let's. Talk I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Good. Let's talk about All American Goddess really quickly. You know, after you've okay. won just about everything relative, um, um, why did you decide to compete for our AAG a few years ago? I, I have this problem of every time I go to a pageant, every time I go to a pageant and I sit in the audience or I'm on the judges' panel, I get this whisper in my head saying, girl, you can do that. Why don't you, you know, it just, mm-hmm. it just, it, I, I just always let that inner voice get next to me. Mm-hmm. AAG was one where I really liked that, um, Creativity part of the uh, for the, of the presentation, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's what kind of inspired me to do that, and I did it my way, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I, even though I was told that the stage wasn't big enough. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do "I'm the Greatest Star" by Dinah Ross. But I wanted to march out my bands and have my men in their raincoats and stuff. So the price, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Uh, I did what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. took them all new things, and I was satisfied. I was mm-hmm. satisfied. Will you ever return? Mm, no. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Okay. I mean, I gave it what I gave it, and... Right. That was it, right? And it sounds it sounds like um, because you said you 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 left basically you left your heart on the stage. You were pleased with what you what what you presented. Um, so there's nothing really that you would have done differently. Um, everything that you've done right. that that you did, you you that's basically how 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 you wanted it presented that evening or or that weekend. Okay, right? Oh. Yeah. Um, you judge many national competitions, or many pageants. You know, Miss and Miss Black Universe, as you mentioned earlier, gave you a bay. Uh, Continental and recently Gay America, if I'm not mistaken, right? Last year you just gave right. Okay, I'm sure that was. I've judged. <laughs> I've judged you twice. Judged you twice. I okay. judged. Okay. Miss Gay USA twice. Uh, I mean Miss Miss Gay America twice. Yes. Okay, and in fact, I would tell any any uh, boy queen that uh-huh. hasn't transgender transitioned yet mm-hmm. to go to Miss America to learn the foundation of what drag really is because it really gives you a blow-by-blow-by-blow description and the criteria of what they're looking for. And if it really is a good guideline for people that are just starting out. And I and I always, you know, by I haven't gone to get I, – there are two pageants that, that I definitely want to go to within the next two years. Um, just to sit and spectate, one being Gay America and the other being um, Entertainer of the Year. Um, I haven't had the opportunity because they, they're so close to my lovely Continental, so, you know, but uh, I, I do want to go and, and witness both of those competitions. But something that I always tell people, just by I love the documentary that they came out with in 2004, 2005-ish, um, which was Pageant, um, which was um, about the the history and um the following the contestants that were competing that year, and I believe that was the year that Nicole Dubois, I love her, I met her this year, Nicole Dubois when she won Gay America, but I always say Gay America is basically like a boot camp, you know, like just exactly. based, based on what I saw and what, what I, how they say that the, the week goes and how everything is so strict 
Everything is so precise and time and, you know, everything. And it's basically treated just like Miss America. It's just it's treated just like exactly. the girls go when they go compete for Miss America, and they're gone for that week or two weeks. It's just like that. And I always say that the girls that have competed at Gay America, competed in one or just competed and went on to other competitions, like they are the cream of the crop because Gay America kind of whipped them into shape. So I, I, I'm with you. I agree. I'm with you when you say for those boy queens out there that haven't had the opportunity, hey, go and watch it, you know, maybe one year, and then maybe the next year go and do it because it's definitely a boot camp. And it's definitely, you know, an eye-opener, and, and it'll really get you ready for other national competitions. So my my question, um, aside from you judging all those competitions, is um, as a judge, you know, what is your best piece of advice or what's the best piece of advice that you can give in any contestant or entertainer when competing on a national level? And um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll ask that question first and I'll ask the second one. I would tell any um, person who's coming to compete, especially when it comes to those talent categories, mm-hmm. present the very best you. Mm-hmm. Don't, uh, don't study videos and uh and DVDs of what won previously because that's how people are starting to reproduce things and make them over because just because what you do may not have been seen yet, but that may be the thing that they're looking for that year. So always present what your best talent is, Okay. period. Present, I don't care present, what it is. Presenting the very best um, – presenting your very best self, especially um, – within um, the talent category. So my follow-up question um, would be, what are some of the common mistakes that you've seen happen on a national stage that you would like to see corrected competition-wise? What, what are some of those mistakes the, that you've always seen? The, uh, a girl out there doing a Beyonce number who's not a dancer, a mm-hmm. girl out there who's doing a lyrical dance and has not taken one day of training or doesn't even pretend to mimic like she's taking training. Mm. A girl who doesn't a girl who doesn't take the time to understand the logistics of what the song is saying. So mm-hmm. the song could be saying something about a drought and how grandmama died in the in the in the in the garages and other and you're smiling. Right. You are connecting or emoting to the emotions of the song. Right. Interpretation. Mhm. So you have to be fully invested into your talent, fully invested. What what are what are some of the mistakes that you see when because you judge interview competition before? Um, what what are, what are some of the? Oh, I wouldn't say mistakes. What's just some of the? What's the advice that you would give to those that are hesitant about interview, don't know what to do, don't know how to act like? What what would be your best advice to those that are are going to head into interview competitions sometime this year or even next year? I tell everybody when you go into an interview, what what you're basically doing is applying for a job, a job. Mm-hmm. So what what you need to know first and foremost, which I have noticed on such a wide scale, which is so surprising. When a judge asks you to give a brief bio about yourself, mm-hmm. all you can basically talk about is your drag life. Mm-hmm. You don't have any substance of life, what you've been through, what your goals are, what your fears might be, anything. It, like, starts and begins 
with drag. Mm-hmm. And that's that's and you are so much more than just that. Right. Okay. And and something that I learned um when I was going to um for five years I went with Natasha Braxton to, to USA each and every year. I went to her preliminaries. So I even kinda like sat where one year she went to Mississippi um, in Hattiesburg, she went to that preliminary, and I was kind of like off in the setting during the interview. And just something that I've learned at, at that, as far as USA is concerned, is that basically, you know, you can you can control your interview for the most part. You know, it's just a matter of how once you go in there and you do it, you can really control your interview. But you actually have to go in there knowing what you're going to say, knowing who you are, being you know being strong in that, and like you said, not just talking about drag and you know, the beginning and the end of, of where you are in that, but also talking about who you are on the outside. And, and really, there's, there's always a way, even on corporate co- corporate interviews, I've had many of them, there's a way that you can control it, you know, without taking it Exactly. Over, you know, without taking it exactly. over the interview. Okay. Love it. So before I play my name game, because I always play a name game, and, and my name game is basically I say the name, and then you give me the first thing that comes to mind when you, um, when you hear okay. that name. Um, make sure I didn't miss any other questions. Um, oh, s- someone did inbox me and they asked me, "Will you ever compete again?" I know you're you're talking about the pageant coach. You're gonna go toward that, which I love that because I wanted to do that for so long, um, but I keep getting detoured. <laughs> but uh, I, so I love that. But will you ever compete again? I never say never. Okay. So <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I will be sitting somewhere and will be inspired <laughs> to go and do something. Right. But 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 I will say I would never compete for US of A Classic. Okay. Neither will I compete for Continental Elite. And the reason why I say that is because I'm already a, a part of the family mm-hmm. and I believe that in doing so I may take away the chances of another girl. Mm, so I'm fine with I'm fine with where I'm at. I mm. embrace it. I love it, and I will always be. Good. I love that. Hmm. That's another conversation <laughs> for another day. <laughs> uh, but, no, but no, I'm glad because that was not not saying anything about any anyone, but just just that that little piece that you said in regards to. You could be taking your, you know, taking someone else's spot, someone who who didn't have the opportunity to reign as a Miss USA or Miss um, Miss Continental, or whatever the case may be. So I love that. Um, exactly. I, I, I love that. Exactly. You say that. I love your outlook. So I'm going to play the name game. So the the first, okay. um, the first name I'm going to provide or I'm going to give you. You give me the first thing that comes to mind. It doesn't have to be one word because normally. People can't say just one word. They have to say a sentence or two. So I'm going to get, the first thing I'm going to give you is Jerry Bird. Founder. F- f- the foundation of my pageantry. Okay. Jerry Bird, the foundation of your pageantry. I love it. Um, Gerald Stevens. Gerald Stevens. The reason why I, the reason why I entered and won Black America. The reason why you won and entered Black America. Okay, Uncle Gerald. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, Jim Flint. Jim Flint. Um, took me. Took me to places around the world, and showed me what respect for a queen 
was really about. Mm, respect for Queen. I love that. Okay. Whitney Page. Whitney Page. Whitney Page. Whitney Page. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't say that one. Um <laughs> Infectious and infectious entertainer just pulled you in, pulled you in, just uh, mesmerizing. Okay, infectious and mesmerizing, I love that. And Tandy Andrews. Tandy Andrews, in fact, started out, and when I was speaking of the uh, title of of the Copa and the Mm -hmm. newcomer thing, she was in it with me, and she was my runner-up. So okay. my my sister in the beginning and uh, wished, wished we could have talked at the end. And wish you could have talked at the end. Okay. Right. Um, two more. Uh, you said your best friend, one of your best friends is Ronnie Johnson. Is that correct? That was my cousin. Your cousin. He passed. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about you getting something about him. Huh? I say tell me something about he's one of the ones, Ronnie. Ronnie, tell me about him or what's the first thing that you think about when you hear his name? Uh, well, Tonda Lee Johnson. That was his drag name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that was that was his that was his drag name back in the day. Tonda Lee Johnson. He okay. was the first. He was the first one out of the three of us who, like, mm-hmm. ever, like, did shows on a regular basis. Oh, Clarence okay. and myself were, 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 and were, like, a little scared. So he was, like, our pioneer sister. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and last but not least, Randy Rochelle. Uh, let me see. What can I say about... Um, Randy Rochelle. Randy Rochelle has been my my sister, my confidant, my driver, my uh, my boxing bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my cheerleader. She always likes to say we are. Um, different flowers from the same garden. Oh wow, I like that. So I would think so. And uh, AKA, she's my um, Dorothy Norwood. Dorothy Norwood. Okay. Good story for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a sweetheart. I, I met him a few years back. I love him. Um, yeah. So I think. Well, I, I'm going to give this. I'm I'm get the floor to you um, really quickly. First, I'm going to ask you this. Do you have any upcoming, well, what what are some of the upcoming appearances for, for Tommy Ross? Um, this weekend I'm going to um, Rock Hill, North Carolina for a, a U.S. of A prelim and then on to Vegas for Dominique's pageant that's coming up. Uh, it starts on that Thursday, but I won't get there until the final night, Sunday. Okay. And um, I have a big show coming up. 
November the 22nd in Baltimore, Maryland. It's a marvelous, marvel production. Myself, Nicole Love, and some more entertainers. We are going to be doing like an, an illusion show at the uh, at the Hippodrome Theater. So. Yes, and I'll, 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 I'll be here. I'll be here, so I'm going to come out because I missed it. I told Nicole I missed it last year because you guys actually had it on my birthday, which is December 21st. So, of course, I was out doing other things, celebrating or whatever, but now that it's a, a month, you know, before, I'm definitely going to come out and support um, all of okay. you on that show. And um, Great. Any, any last thoughts, anything that you would like to leave us with, any last thoughts from the Tommy Ross before we conclude tonight's show? I would just like to say that sometimes um, I can be misconstrued as being um, not really a diva, but but kind of stern or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if 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 you would just get to know me, I'm just a humble, down the earth individual who loves life, who loves assisting others with life. And um, God fearing, that's 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 me in a nutshell. And I still respect and have respect for what I do, which is female impersonation. I love it. I've I've, I've been blessed to have been doing this for over thirty years, and to actually make a living doing something that you absolutely love is a mm-hmm. true blessing. That's true. And, and I'll say, you know, with your inspirations, you know, of course, um, for me, you know, that's something that I've been doing every day. That that it, it's it's like it's like a routine for me now. Um, I wake up on my way to work or in my car, whatever, you know, before I go into the office, I'm always making sure that I'm, you know, trying to inspire, trying to uplift, and and that is something that I've learned from you um, over the years. I've learned from Oprah. Um, and Yanla, you know, those are people that that I look up to, but but yourself as well. And you know, you never know what you say. And I I, I never knew until now. So I started doing it the past year, year or two, how people, you know, just inbox me and say, "Oh, thank you so much. You just helped me." And you just don't know what you what you do for a person, um, just with your words and, and your way of thinking. And so when I when I look up to you or I look to those inspirations and I read those from you and even when I used to get the text messages, I would always say, even though I, I, I look to a higher power and, and I thank him and he guides me, I always say that as far as Tommy Ross is concerned, she is still a beacon of light for me. She is a beacon of hope for me. And um, even in the midst of darkness, you know, you never know how much your words have meant to me over the years and how each and every time that I, as I grow as in, in this life, um, how you've helped me um, to become a better person, even better person than I was before. So I thank you for everything um, that you have done. I thank you for um, everything that you've done for the community. Um, we praise you. We honor you and, and revere you in that sense. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, again, I love you so much. Thank you so much <laughs> for I love you too, Micah. Thank you very much for even considering me. I really enjoyed this. I really no did. No. And thank you so much to, to my listeners out there. And, uh, Tommy, if you hold the line, and my listeners, please hold the line. As you know, I always give a quote of the week, and I close the show. Um, I also want to give you um, something really quickly to everyone out there that um, on my next show, I, don't, I can't tell you who's going to be on or what yet, 
but on my next show, I'm going to start having um, Slane speak. Slane Monroe speaks. So she'll have her little segment. It'll be about one to two, maybe three minutes, where she'll she'll have she'll come on and she'll give um, just whatever flies out of her mouth. But I'm telling you, a lot of what she says is truth, and um, so I'm I'm excited to have or welcome her onto the show with Slane speaks um, in the coming weeks. So everyone, just hold the line for me while we play the closing of the show. And Tommy, just hold the line for me. Okay. Well, that's actually it for tonight's show, guys. I would like to thank the lovely Tommy Ross for taking the time out of her busy day to sit down and talk with me about the past, the present, and her hopes for the future. Thanks again. Also, thanks to all of my lovely listeners out there who continue to support the show each and every time that we air. I thank you so very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And remember, if you'd like to promote your business, your brand, or your next event, be sure to email us at thetalkwithmica at gmail.com. Again, thetalkwithmica at gmail.com. And as you know, I like to end each episode with a quote of the week. So here is this week's quote. As you breathe right now, another person takes their last. So stop complaining and learn to live your life with what you have. Again, as you breathe right now, another person takes their last. So stop complaining and learn to live your life with what you have. Until next time, everyone be blessed. It's the talk with my good Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.